What's going on, everyone? It's your man, Ray True Life, back with another great conversation. Welcome to the Herfador Lounge, where we sip what we like, we smoke what we enjoy, and we fellowship. My guest tonight is not only a cigar brand owner, she has an amazing story. She is, in, she is a cigar industry marketing powerhouse. If you haven't seen the pictures on the Instagram, then you need to see them. She is a motivational speaker, a high-risk youth counselor. She is a mother and a wife, and she is a survivor. She and her husband, Joshua, are serial entrepreneurs. They are kicking the industry in the ass and destroying the norm. They inspire others while doing it as well. Please put some claps in the comments and show some love to Sin Coburn, one of the owners of Dissident Cigars. Hey, guys. <laughs> so how are you doing? How are you doing? Doing really good, especially for a Monday. We spent the day um, actually at the beach. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's what, what do you mean for a Monday? You spent the day at the beach. That sounds great. I know, I know. <laughs> we don't ever usually do that, but we had um, a lot of business stuff yesterday, so we decided to take our kids to the beach today. So, But uh, because of that, my husband's still currently working, so we had like a <laughs> Well, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, um, so before we get into the cigars, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, I ha it goes so deep. So I don't know uh, how much. You don't have to get as deep. As, if You don't have to get all that deep if you don't want to. But just a little uh, bit about yourself. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I currently live in Nicaragua. Um have been here almost exactly a year. Uh, we're coming up on a year in April, so that's pretty crazy. Um, that's and didn't come here with the intention of uh, owning a cigar brand. So that's what's uh, that's what's mind blowing. We came here just because we wanted a different lifestyle and uh, a different experience for our kids. Came to Nicaragua two years ago uh, for Black Label Trading to see their factory. Um, James and Angela are friends of ours, so yeah, that's how. Um, we ended up here was our kids were actually like hey let's just move to nicaragua and we're like okay <laughs> like what yeah wow for the kids <laughs> to say that <laughs> yeah yeah so um but prior to that yeah like what you were saying like it's so crazy that you guys are able to dig this stuff up it, it blows my mind every time to hear that i'm like where are they getting this stuff from <laughs> <laughs> but it's on the website it's on your website so. <laughs> <laughs> Nicaragua we wanted to make sure that um, we put that kind of on the back burner which that used to be like schools and corporations and, and anywhere from like middle school up to colleges and you know massive corporations and small businesses and stuff and um, we would probably still do it if, if it was if it was right um, but we've kind of focused uh, everything now in the cigar industry so we can still kind of do or me anyway I'm gonna be the one traveling um, I can focus on people in the cigar industry and go to lounges and break bread with people there and connect and right, help. Right. So, but yeah, and as you were saying, you know, um, I was a youth counselor um, for four years. I ran a boy's home. Um, they were all court ordered to live there. They lived in my facility for up to two years. Um, spent a bunch of time um, helping the elderly as well between a law firm and a um, at home care company and stuff so my life has really been based around helping people 
Um, and that's not going to change for me. Like, I'm never going to stop doing that. Um, even in Nicaragua, you know, we, we find right. a way to help people. But what's funny is it's, uh, it's really shif shifted to animals. So <laughs> that's our... <laughs> I, I've seen that. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Very, uh, very stressful, but also very rewarding. So, yeah, right, in a nutshell, right. that's, that's me and us and, you know, a life of helping others and that'll continue. So, yeah. So how long have you been smoking cigars? Well, before we get to that question, um, I'm smoking the soapbox. Oh, same. <laughs> oh, see, great minds. <laughs> so, so how long have you been smoking? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh, this is always my go-to is a soapbox. I love it. I love it. From the first time I've had it, I loved it. I was like, well, let me try this. You know, and I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's such a good, like, I mean, if you're an experienced cigar smoker, it's just the perfect cigar to pick up at any time of day. Like, you can smoke it in the morning, midday, evening. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it just right, is right. full of flavor. And But again, you know, you can't just be a beginner and pick it up. For, but for those of us that have smoked for a while, it's it's like right, the perfect. Right. Are, so um, and it definitely is yeah yeah i love it uh and i've been smoking cigars for about six years now i've been saying five years for so long that i know it's six years now <laughs> <laughs> you've been saying five years for for that extra year so now it's six right, right. <laughs> i feel safe saying six years now so but um it wasn't a uh I don't know. It was weird. And I feel like this ends up being everybody's story. Um, you know, looking for a way to escape and uh, figure out how to just, you know, breathe and slow down and, and uh, figure out how to enjoy life. And, you know, that was me. And I was a single mom. And um, I just needed something to be able to get away, you know, and like I lived in an apartment, but I had a balcony and everything and I didn't want to get into cigarette smoking, but I knew what cigarette smoking does. You know, I know right. that it's a very calming thing for people. Um, and so I got up the nerve to walk into this weird, like convenience store type thing. Like I Googled <laughs> like where cigars were like, I didn't even know how to do that. <laughs> like anything I didn't even know really like I've heard of cigar lounges but they were like really scary and I'm like oh that's you don't walk into cigar right lounges. right <laughs> don't walk into cigar lounges we don't do that <laughs> so um I walked into this convenience store and I thought I would gain knowledge from doing that and I did not I gained no knowledge from doing that because these people had no idea what they were talking At about all. no they were like <laughs> liquor and you know they knew everything about a convenience store that just happened to have cigars um, <laughs> so they were like connecticut and i was like okay all right <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't even tell you what my first cigar was i have no idea but what i could tell you though is that that night i went home and i sat on my patio and it was exactly what i was hoping for and it was that hour of like solitude and silence and breathing slow and paying attention to my thoughts and it was just a great experience and so I kind of um I wasn't smoking like a cigar every night like I do now or anything but you know it's like on those days when I was super stressed I would just I would get a cigar and um that of course kind of picked up but I never actually walked into a cigar lounge for like two years didn't do anything like that um wow. 
and met Josh and he happened to love cigars, which is it's like so crazy. Usually it's the other way around. And for him, it was the other way around. He's like, dude, this chick loves cigars. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but um, he's the one that actually got me into a cigar lounge and um, cigar smoking for him kind of like started around the same time. So it's been, it's been really fun to, to do this together and also to appreciate cigar lounges as well. Because through this, I realized uh, the value of cigar lounges and the importance and the knowledge that comes out of it and um, the all in all like acceptance that I didn't expect. Um, So yeah, like, I I hope that through me doing this whole dissident thing that other people understand the value of cigar lounges too and the community that comes with it and you know, like all the wonderful people. So yeah, like that's my that's my huge goal. Like, just bringing everybody together and realizing that we all have like these common things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it does help when you have a great cigar to say, Hey, let's smoke some great cigars. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, what's great about a cigar lounge too is you're not necessarily staring at a TV or, or watching a sports game or bullshitting at a bar, you know, you're sitting there for an hour and, and you have the ability to listen to your neighbors uh, right next to you, you know, and listen to their story if they're willing to open up. And that's been one of my favorite things because, you know, yeah, you can be yeah. next to a doctor and a police officer and a garbage man and whatever else. And you're like gaining all this knowledge from all these people. And it's just like, how awesome is that? You know? So yeah, I've been yeah. very grateful for this community. So, Yeah. Yeah, that is great because the conversations that come out of simply what are you smoking and uh-huh. you wind up talking for two or three hours to somebody who you would have never talked to before. Yeah. So cigar yep. lounges, they definitely, uh, uh, they definitely add to the entire experience of smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, the relaxation and meditation and all of that, the fellowship, you know, yep. it really adds to it. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And what's crazy, too, is like, you know, seeing someone like me on the streets, people wouldn't necessarily like just approach me or whatever. But in a cigar lounge, you know, people are more they're always interested, but they're more willing to talk and like ask questions. And I love that because then they can see that, like, it doesn't matter how you look or whatever, you know, like we're good people, you know. And so that's awesome for me to show people like it doesn't matter like how heavily tattooed you are how like you know the places you have your tattoos like you know you're a good person so right (laughs) definitely (laughs) good people are good people period absolutely yep yep um so what 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 was it that uh made you you know made you and joshua acquire dissident cigars um Honestly, that story is so crazy. My phone's about to fall. Hold on. Um, I have so many notifications going off. Um, <laughs> so we, um, we've we never met Ben, who was the original owner of Dissident. Like, we don't know who he is. We've never had conversations with him or anything. But um, we found out that it was um, available, essentially. And um, the people that had it didn't want it. I'm so sorry. I knew that was going to happen. That's okay. Um, you still there. <laughs> good, good. I'm going to unplug my phone. That should help. But um, the people that had it didn't want it. Um, it was either just kind of fall by the wayside. Gosh darn it. I'm so sorry. That, um, that timing was perfect. You say fall by the wayside. You get fall. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get that. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, it was actually, we were brought up and um, basically everyone was like, gosh, the Coburns, like, if anyone would take this on, I feel like it would be the Coburns. Like, they're like the perfect fit for this brand. And so it was presented to us and um, we were like, yeah, like, this is kind of perfect, you know, like it, like what it stands for, like all that stuff. It's just like the branding was super like on par with us. And um, it, it, it took about a week to openly say, yeah, we're going to buy it. But really we were like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> like you, know, <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice. Right. You know? <laughs> but it was more so like the, the, um, the shock of, buying a cigar company like that's not cheap you know right, so it, was, right. it was a matter of um accepting that uh that that hard-earned money that you saved up is about to go bye-bye but it's for something that you love you know yeah, and, and um, when like, i found what, out that when i found out that you had you guys had purchased it I was like, wait a minute. It's all, it it cuz it looks like it was built for you, you know, anyway. Uh-huh. So I I don't know who the other owner is or what what he looks like or what he does, but it 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 seems like he built the company for y'all. To yeah, me. Yeah, he was actually the second owner. So I'm the third owner of it. Um wow. so we don't quite know like the roots of this company, like how it got started. Um but what we did know was that it was a great company. It had great cigars. Um, you know, one of the biggest questions I get is, um, are any of the blends going to change? Is anything going to change? And I I knew right away that was going to be a question. And so automatically, it's a no. Nothing is going to change. Like, why mess with something that's already so great? I'm right. not going to. You know, and just in, in being in marketing for so many years, you know, you know that when a brand changes ownership or a brand does anything like change the way their logo is or whatever, people just have this like assumption that the, the inside of it has changed, you know, like the ingredients right. are, and then they no longer want it. And so I've been very vocal about the fact that even if like logos change or something gets updated or whatever, the blends are not changing. We're not doing that. Like I have no desire to do that. They're great cigars. I'm not going to mess with them. All we're going to do is enhance them. So I'm just going to add more to what's already there. Right. Um, so, and everything that was originally small batch has already been moved into uh, core line. So now there's just a expanded option for people, okay. which like right now it's been so limited. Um, dissident, for a lot of lounges, they can't get some things like the Rave because that was originally a small batch cigar. Um, so, it, I mean, it's kind of available, kind of not. But I jumped on just ordering everything right away. So everything's already in the factory being made. Um, and it'll be out by April. So everybody will have the full range of cigars by April. Um, and then I'm also working on a limited edition. So that's going to come out around PCA if everything goes right. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of just expanding the brand the brand, and uh, making it known uh, because it deserves that light. It deserves to be known um, because it is such a great brand. And um, the name deserves to be known, too, because I feel like when you hear dissident, you might think that that could be a bad thing. Um, and it's not at all a bad thing. Like dissident to me is just standing in your truth, um, accepting each other for who they are 
no matter the differences. I mean, that's what makes us great is our individuality and that should be accepted and you should be proud of that. So that's what a dissident is, you know, to me is just living in your truth and standing on your soapbox and being proud of who you are and everything that you've done. So. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You, you, you answered three of my questions. (laughs) 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 That's, That's fine. That's perfect. I got plenty. I got plenty. <laughs> so, um, um, turning off of cigars for a minute, uh, just because I've seen a lot of positive quotes, quotes on on kindness and, and things like that on both uh, you and Joshua's page, um, and it seems like that's really important to you. Uh, so, so why why is it so important for you to put those those quotes out like that? Just because we feel like we're always fighting an uphill battle. You know, like so much of it is not in person. So much of it is what's being fed to us through a lot of different outlets. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not reality. Um, And so, but people feed off of that. And then you just end up like, I don't know, you see so many sad, like hateful people because of bullshit that they're being fed. And so why not turn that around every day and start people off first thing in the morning with some positivity and working on themselves? Because ultimately what it is, is hurt people hurt people. You know, that's so true. And if we can figure out how to love ourselves and be kind to ourselves, then we can be mindful of others and we can be kind to others. And that is ultimately what is going to continue to make this world go round. Like we need that peace. We need, we need all that stuff, especially right now. We've been through three years, a bunch of BS, you know, like, and I'm not going to take something, but regardless, it's been terrible for everybody in some way, you know, and more than ever, we need some kindness and acceptance and, to know that like people have your back and it's okay to talk about the hard things that you're going through and it's okay to cry. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a man or a woman, it's okay to cry. Like shit's fucking hard right now. Yes, and yeah. And you know, we're not going to stop spreading that kindness. I mean, more, more than ever, it's so important right now. So that's a big deal to us because, you know, I mean, I've been through hell and back. Josh has been through hell and back and, uh, it's very easy to not be kind to yourself and to feel like you're at fault for a lot of things that you're not, but that's kind of ingrained in us as humans to take the blame for things. And so it all starts with yourself and and working on yourself and being kind to yourself. So like for instance, with Josh and his things every morning, he puts them out for others, but it's because it's something that he's felt within himself or something that he's working on himself, you know? So he's just, World, what he's working on in hopes that other people do the same so i mean kindness is a huge huge deal i mean if we can focus on that instead of other things it's like imagine how much better things would be you know yeah yeah a hell of a lot better if everybody just 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 a millimeter more kindness you know things would be so much better yeah. and i think it's just a matter of like how do you how do you express your emotions when you're hurting, you know, like what's that outlet? And for so many people, unfortunately choose to take it out on others and people just need a proper outlet to, to express their feelings. They need tools on, on how to heal or 
whatever it may be. So we're just there to try to provide as much as we can to help people along in life. Right, right, definitely. Speaking of, of helping people, and, and you spoke earlier about uh, your work with seniors. So, yes, I did a little bit of digging. And um, on your mm -hmm. website, I saw a post about you volunteering and sitting with a World War II uh, veteran pilot. Mm -hmm. um, that post stuck out to me because my father was a pilot in the Air Force. Oh. Um, yeah, he flew the C-130. He was a hurricane hunter, so they flew into the hurricanes. And that's how you get the, you know, the speed and everything. The people that fly in there and tell you, and tell, they give the information back and they tell you the speed, the direction and temperature oh. and all of that stuff. So, yeah, so that, that, this, that story stuck out to me, um, especially what the quote that he gave you. Um, you have to give as much respect to the negative as you do the positive. Yep. Dig, dig so a little many, deeper into that. So many people don't understand how important the negativity is. Uh, not that we need the negativity per se, but if that happens, it's very important to appreciate that as well because we can't truly learn about life and expand on our own lives without appreciating that negative you know and i never would have thought of it in that sense if it wasn't for sitting down with that gentleman and um that was something that i was doing with my kids actually i've been really big on making sure that my kids volunteer and give of themselves and so we were going to um a nursing home and and sitting with the the people that had like dementia and alzheimer's and stuff so this gentleman happened to have that so his memory wasn't the greatest but what he did remember was being in war and he remembered his wife and how she was a, a wonderful painter and so he was telling us about you know the war and being a pilot and how sad it was and how there was all this devastation and you know it wreaked havoc on his life until he started shifting his focus and changing the perspective on things because he can't change the past he can't change what's happened so why sit there with with all this hurt when you can make something better out of it. And, you know, it clicked with him that, well, he needs to appreciate the negative, like sit down and truly feel it so he can learn from it and come out as a stronger person. And as humans, we don't like to do that. We like to put band-aids on things and think that everything's fine. And then it comes out in another way, you know, like just that mm -hmm. aggression out somehow. And, we have to figure out how to not do that. And that's by truly feeling things on a soul level, even if it hurts to do that, you know, and that's essentially what he was saying. And that really, really stuck with me. And I love that you found that because that is something that I will never forget. Yeah. I, I, I um, you know, doing a little research, I saw that and it stuck out immediately. Um, I also want to go back to what you said earlier, when you said you took a, a pause on the motivational speaking, you ain't took no pause because you're motivational speaking right now. <laughs> true, it is. Yeah, it's just not for thousands of people, I guess. Maybe it is. Maybe by the time like everybody sees us, it is. But yeah, I guess it's not putting a pause on it. It's just uh, changing directions, I guess I would say. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, digging around on your website, what are inspirations? Oh my gosh, I haven't even done those in so long, and I really need to get back on those. Yes, you do. Oh yeah, and they were called lipsticks, lipstick posts, and essentially what it was was um, 
things that I was thinking of, essentially like the same thing Josh was doing, um, and mine was a lot of like abuse focused stuff or like um, self love stuff. And I just was like, you know, sitting there, like, why am I not talking about all these things that I'm struggling with, whether it's like body image or, or, you know, self love because of things I've been through. I'm like, why am I not talking about this? So I started doing those and I realized the positive impact it had on people because I was helping a lot of women, um, which I thought was great because not only that, but a lot of women started, and men actually, they learned a lot from my posts too. They started coming forward and actually talking about their experiences, which is so nice because so many people want to talk about their experiences, but they don't really have the, like, to them, they feel like they don't have the, the right time or right place to do it. They don't feel like they have an outlet. They don't have right. a safe space or person to talk to. So it was really nice to see people actually come out and not feel alone. You know, like, oh, yeah, I've been through this, too, or I feel these feelings, too, or, man, I thought you were this way and realize that you're just like me. And, you know, so from those and then, like, posting body image stuff, like, I have four kids, you know, like, my body's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I decided if I'm going to have a platform and I'm going to have all these followers, then they're going to have to deal with me showing my body, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> Uh, I'm not the one to post the bikini pics or anything, but I'll be the ones to show my my jiggly booty and my cellulite and <laughs> that's real life. You can have a pretty face, but man, I'm almost forty and shit's showing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people people care that much anymore. No, uh, you know. Well, well, with the rise of the BBL these days, that's ridiculous. So yeah. it's like everywhere you look. I think it's a lot of like internet bullshit is what it is. You know, I think you see a lot of stuff like keyboard warriors, you know, yeah. people that don't care that there's someone on the other side. So they say shitty things. Um, but in real life, like I really haven't run into anybody that is terrible like you see on the internet you know and it's so unfortunate because the internet should be something that helps us grow and unfortunately it's turned into something that's the opposite of that and man i wish i could change that because people are still cruel to me they're still cruel to josh but thankfully you know we're strong enough we're just like whatever you know you're you're hurting like you're, you can't hurt us, so Right, right. You know, people, you know, those those keyboard warriors, the Internet troll has become something uh, uh, completely new and, and it's strong right now. And it's ridiculous at how people get because you can't see them and you can't get to them. Yeah. people say things on the Internet that they would never say to your face. Yeah. You know, if, if, you could, if, you, if you could get to me, you wouldn't say that. I bet you. Right. And I think that it's like, it's more than ever because people are also hurting more than ever. You know, we've, we've been faced with a lot of stuff in three years, you know, it hasn't been just, thing. it's been a lot of stuff. And so yeah. I think just so much anger being held in and people think that they're just talking to a screen, not another person on the other side, you know? So there's, there's still suicides and, and things like that going on because internet is real. There's really people on the other side of that. So yeah. we got to figure out, but someone made a good um, comment a second of confidence is the new beauty standard. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah that it's was a uh, bourbon battalion. Yeah. 
Nice. So, I, I like that. There's another one. Um, self love and the smile is the se sexiest thing a woman can wear. You ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. And you, you, so many men say stuff like that. So it, it's just so crazy to me because you, you see the BS on the internet, internet and then you see like men actually saying stuff like that. And you're like, see, like there's, there's good humans out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet just cloud, just hides them uh, with, with yeah. clouds of bullshit. And I don't, I, that's why, you know, you got you to steer clear of a lot of stuff on the internet. You have to. Absolutely, yeah. So being a woman in the male-dominated cigar industry, do you feel that you're treated fairly or do you feel like you have to prove yourself? No, I don't feel like I have to prove myself to anybody. And if I felt that, I would probably give the middle finger because I really Good don't answer. care. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Because I've been nothing but, in my opinion, wonderful. You know, I've been accepting of everybody and every brand. And uh, there's room for everybody in this industry. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say I've actually gotten, you know, just a lot of warm embraces, you know, even from other cigar brands. It's been wonderful. And I know there's some bad seeds out there. And there'll probably be people that have stuff to say. But whatever. You know, I've had nothing but nothing but love this entire time. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Just embrace everybody in the culture regardless. Cause it, it there's room for everybody. There's yeah. room for everybody. There's room for every cigar brand. It's, it's, it's it, because if you don't like it, you like it. If I like it, you might not, but there's something else for you. So there's no reason for the competition. You, yeah, know, you can't say I have yeah. the best. Cigar because everybody might not like it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, I what was some of your? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think honestly, um, being a female in this industry um, and coming out with confidence is probably the best thing that any woman can do um, because you're stepping into new territory that's male dominated, um, and I hope that I'm one of the women that are trailblazers to show other women that it can be done, you know, and, and people will listen and they'll appreciate and they're not going to give hate. And so I'm, I'm excited to be one of the few that's in this, you know, that's truly in this. So yeah, I'm excited. And I hope that, that I just paved the way for other women as well, because, you know, women supporting women's a wonderful thing. <laughs> right. Right. You got to support each other instead of talking about hair and clothes, who cares? Support each yeah. other regardless, you know, uh, you know, that that's the most, that's the most dangerous thing in the world when women start uh, uh, supporting each other, because there's nothing that can stop them once they start supporting each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. It reminds you of that picture that around on the internet of like all the women like standing around a fire and dancing. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, they're just putting all that like energy together, and it's just like this one big powerhouse, and we're gonna take everybody down. Like, everything. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> everything. If if women all supported each other, they would take over the world in a year, if that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and it, but it's a beautiful thing. So. Well, and I think too, what's wonderful about that is, 
you know, women, they're, they're phenomenal beings. They're super smart. Um, I heard a quote a long time ago that was actually funny because, you know, boys can hurt you physically, you know, like as little kids, but little girls will like just stomp on your soul. And like, I'm like, that's so true because like, we understand emotion and you know if that's just the energy is put in the right spot we could do wonderful things so <laughs> yeah a woman can hurt your soul but <laughs> without without blinking <laughs> facts <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the biggest obstacles that that you and Josh faced with this company um, gosh, what would be one? You know, there really hasn't been obstacles. It's been more so um, deciding, like, what needs to be enhanced, I should say. Um, because, like, the branding, like, nothing has really changed in so many years. And we're, we both come from a marketing background. And so there was a lot of decisions we wanted to make and had to figure out if they were good decisions or not in order to um, benefit the company. Um, so that's been a balancing act because we don't want to lose anybody. And this is, we're not here to lose anybody. You know, we're here to gain, you know, new followers and, you know, people that love dissidents. So honestly, that's been the only, only tough thing is um, walking into an established cigar company um, basically with blinders on that's that's mm. essentially how you do it um, but then again I mean you have you have people that start from the ground up too and it's the same thing you know it's just you know you just flip the coin it's one half dozen of the other with that kind of stuff yeah. so I mean the blessing is that we walked into an already established cigar company you know and that comes with wonderful be benefits in itself you know but you know, again, the other side to that would be, you know, there's already a customer base and a fan base and you don't want to lose those people. You want to make right. sure that, it, you know, and, and so one of the things that uh, we ultimately decided to do, I, I know some of you have seen it, um, is the whiskey, uh, which I haven't talked much about. I made a post about the whiskey, but um, I haven't done a press release on it yet. Um, so I haven't done like more posts about it, um, but I'll talk to you guys about it. So I the like whiskey... whiskey. Um, oh, it's so good. And ultimately, what is, is a thank you to the fans that have stuck by Dissident for many, many years, you know, which I think it came out in like 2013 or 14. And a thank you to the, the new people that are walking in, you know, and a thank you to the lounges and, and just, you know, it's our, it's a way to hug everybody in a sense. Um, we're not going to sell it. It's not anything that can be sold. Um, it's going to be given away. Mm -hmm. And how you essentially have to get it is um, if you hold an event, so I'll be there. Um, if a person in that lounge buys a box of my cigars, they essentially get a raffle ticket um, towards that whiskey. You buy two boxes of cigars, you get another raffle ticket for the whiskey. I mean, if you have 20 people that show up to that event, your chances are pretty good of, of winning this whiskey. Right. So we're going to do that. So, um, yeah, and I, <laughs> it's hard, but I'm going to be actually um, going to Michigan. I'm from Michigan. The, um, the whiskey's coming out of Michigan. I'm going to fly there first, and I'm actually going to sign every single bottle. Every one of them is going to be numbered. Um, 
because I just want to take the extra step. People are worth the extra step. And I want to be that example of what it means to take that extra step. I'm not going to sit back. So, um, yeah, so that's that with the whiskey. And then, you know, like if, if people message me, like you're going to get me. You're, I mean, if you message dissident, you're going to be talking to me. You know, I'm not going to sit back and, and uh, let other people handle it. So I'm going to be right there shaking hands and answering questions and saying thank you to the lounges and to the people. And, you know, it's a big deal to me because if it's, if we don't have fans and customers, I don't have this business, you know, right. so that's right. a huge deal. And I want to make sure that continues to humble me. So that's what I'll be doing. So, and that's a challenge too, you know, because as you grow, you know, it can, it can get tiring, but you can keep going and figure out ways how to handle that. So where, where do you find, where do you find the, the inspiration and energy to keep going? My kids, honestly, um, I want to make sure that when I'm gone, they're still leaving a legacy. Um, so I have to set some good standards and I have to be an example to them, you know, and there's been so many times in my life that if it, if I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, but because of them, I am still here and amazing mm -hmm. things continue to happen. And I truly believe that's because I have a love for myself and the universe has a way of thanking you for that. So that's my, that's my everyday mm -hmm. right there. And, uh, they continue to be wonderful humans and that, proves to me that I need to continue to be a wonderful human, so. Yeah, we all, we all need to be better humans. Mm-hmm. Like we've been saying these last three years, it's gotten bad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been some good because there have been a lot of businesses opening up and people are learning to do other things, but it, we, we all have to learn to be better. And I think that yep. we can all learn to be better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's been kind of sad to watch the past couple of years, you know, with everything going on, how people have been treated and how businesses have handled people and the lack of concern for people's mental health. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a huge deal. People are being ignored and they should not be being ignored right now. Right. Um, so I'm hoping there's, there's a change, you know, and again, I'm only one person, but, uh, if I can help one person, then that mattered, you know, because it mattered to that person. So, right, right. Each one, each what is it? Each one, teach one, or each one, reach one. Whatever they say. If you, yeah. if everybody can reach one person and help one person, then we'd be better off. Yep. And I always I talk about. Right. This. Um, have you heard of the starfish story before? You ever heard that? No. Okay. So I love to tell this story because it's so true. Um, it's a story of a, of a man who was walking on the beach and there's just all these starfish washed up. I mean, there's like hundreds and thousands of them and he's just going and he's picking them up and he's throwing them in the ocean. And there's a guy walking by and he's like, why are you doing this? Like, you can't save all these, like, this is pointless. And he picks up another starfish and he throws it in the water and he says, well, it mattered to that one. And that's so true. You can't save everybody but it, it matters to the people that you can help. And if you're helping one person, that's better than helping nobody. So that's a huge deal to me. Yeah, I like that story. I'm going to use that. I'm going to take that clip and I'm going to put that clip all over Instagram. That's, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's huge. <laughs>
so true. And you yeah. can find a full version of that on Google. And I've, I've talked about it so many years that I know I've like taken out probably essential pieces to that. But I'm like, no, the starfish was thrown back in the water. That's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way that you told it was good enough. You know, it, it made the point. We don't need to know what kind of starfish or the color of the starfish. <laughs> True. Yep. The point was made. You know, that's the important part. The point was made. Yep. <laughs> What's been the best part of your journey? That's a good question. Um, I think it's the the fact that people aren't afraid to say thank you when you help them. Um, I've, I've put so much out there into the universe and into social media and, you know, just everywhere, you know, smiling at people, giving hugs, whatever. But what's been wonderful is the people and their, their courage to say thank you, even if they don't talk to you directly, their courage to reach out and say, hey, that post that you made, it really helped me. Or the amount of people that write us to actually say, like, you saved my life because of something you said. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so deep and that is so heavy. And I, I feel blessed that people can ultimately come out and, and say that. You know, they, they've humbled themselves enough to recognize things and also not be scared to come out and admit to things, too. You know, so it's been wonderful that we get the instant feedback of what we do, you know, by people being so willing to say thank you or say, hey, you helped me. And like, I really appreciate that because sometimes you just don't know if you are. Sometimes you feel like you're just talking to a wall and you're just like, man, do I even post this? Like, you know, like our least engaging things are honestly the the posts, the, you know, the motivational stuff. But we've realized that it's the people that aren't interacting where people can see that are actually watching. And we get a lot of messages behind the scenes of people thanking us. So we know it's important. And uh, that's been a, that's been a wonderful thing. So that keeps me going. It helps me to grow to realize that I truly do make a difference because I'm human. I mean, I have days that are so rough. I don't even want to get out of bed, you know, so to have that random message come through and I'm like, man, I just need to get up and keep going. Like, here's this person thanking me for something I didn't even know I did that was good, you know, so people give me just as much strength as I give them. And it's been awesome. Yeah, that's you know, helping people. That, that's, the, that's, what we, that's what we're here to do is help each other. We have to help each other. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say much because you said it all right there. So I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> what are two of your most important principles? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on morals and honesty. Um, if you stick to those two things, life is very smooth. You know, like... I'm never going to sway from who I am. It doesn't matter if something's going to be a, um, a, a good business deal to, you know, here's a good example. So if dissident just skyrockets and, you know, say the rave just takes off and I mean, we can't keep them on the shelves. You have two choices. You continue to produce what you're producing or you start mass producing them. Well, with mass producing them, the quality goes down. And I never want to fall in that category because money is not a motivator. 
it's who we are. It's my morals. It's, it's how I portray myself. That means everything to me. So if you can't get a rave, I'm sorry, you know, but you will eventually, and it's still going to yeah. be great. Just wait. It's coming. Exactly. Yeah. I never, and to me too, like that makes it more like, um, what is the word? Like mis not mysterious, but you know, that, that weight, like people like want it even more. It's just kind of like the Cohibas, you know, like They're exclusive. Yeah. So like exclusive. you can't get the, so you want to post about it when you finally have it, you know? And I think that brings value in itself, you know? So like the, uh, it's what is it, the Amazon, uh, Amazon basin from CAO. Uh, oh. they only put out like once a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like those, but I mean, the thing is, if if the rave becomes exclusive like that, that's that's a great thing, you know. But that that's gonna make it even even better. Yeah. You know, because if you can get one, hey, have you had the rave? Man, I've been waiting on that, you know. So that makes it even better. Yeah, and actually that brings me back to a question that you asked earlier about um has there been any struggles with dissident coming on? And it did remind me that um, there is a struggle. And that is, I wanted to make sure that I did an Ellie as soon as possible. You know, I just, I jumped right in there. I already had a blend. And I wanted to make sure that it was one of the first things that came out once everything else, the core line was finished. And one of the biggest challenges with that is how many, how many boxes do I make? You know, because like, where, where is this going to be in six months? You know, where, I mean, how much is this going to grow? I don't want to short anybody, you know, but there's also that I got to feed my family. And if I make too little, you know what I mean? Like, or, or too <laughs> on boxes that we can't get rid of, you know? So that's been, um, that's been a struggle. And also with that, you know, it's a, I know this is something that um, a lot of, cigar owners really struggle with is, you know, when you're doing blends, you think a blend is great, but when it comes down to it and you know, it's about to be released, you kind of get that fear of, well, I think it's a good cigar. Is anybody else going to think this is a good cigar? You know, yeah. that's kind of, that's what it is for me with this LE. I think it's a, a phenomenal cigar. Um, it's already been tried multiple times. It's been aged. It's been everything. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. It's something, and I can't say many details about it, but it's something that, uh, for, as far as I know, no one else has done in this industry. Um, and that comes with a little bit of fear too, but I think that it's going to turn into something good. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But so that's, <laughs> That's been the struggle is, is really not knowing what to do when you don't have many numbers to go off of, you know? Well, you know, we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> if I start smiles with, the, with those cigars and I'll be like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is starting or thinking about starting a business? Don't ever stop just because you fail. That is something that I think a lot of people get so fearful of that they don't even start or they fail and they don't come back. And 
you know, the most successful people in the world have failed multiple times at multiple businesses, but all that's done is given them tools on what to do and what not to do. And, you know, that kind of goes with the story earlier of the pilot, you know, appreciate, appreciate the bad. I mean, you can learn just as much from the negative as you can the positive and you need that. You truly need that stuff in order to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't else need to be said. That's great. Yeah. Don't stop just because you fail. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I've been on food stamps. I've been on you know government assistance for so many years. You know, like homeless. Um, you know, multiple abusive relationships. And if I just gave up, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I'll tell you right now, just like I said earlier, there was so many times where I thought I was done and I was just gonna check out, and I didn't. Something kept me going. It was my kids. And I'm so glad because there was so much failure in that process. And I will be the first to tell you, like, I failed at a lot of things. And I've learned so much. And I'm able to help others through that failure as well. You know, and, and so if you're starting a business, even if you fail at it, you now have that tool to help somebody else through starting a business. Hey, do this. Or I learned to not do it this way. So do it this way or whatever it may be, you know, just don't give up. Don't there's reasons for failure. Every time there is reasons in that, no matter what you go through, there is always a positive to pull out of it. And I learned that even being homeless and living in shelters I, every day, I had to find the positive in that day or else I never would have made it ever. You know, that was my guiding light every single day. It was finding a positive in each day, even if it was, the sun's out and I'm in my truck and my truck is locked and I'm warm. That's a positive. You know, I wasn't focusing on this sucks. I'm, I'm homeless. I'm living in my truck. No, it was, well, my truck has locks. I can lock my door or there's a street light I can sleep under. I'm safe. You know, like just things like that. I had to shift my focus and pick out the positives in every situation. And that is vital. That is absolutely vital in order to keep going in life. Definitely. Like you said, it, it, it keeps you going. It keeps you here um, because the world is a better place with you in it, not with you going. You know? Don't mm -hmm. don't ever think that the world will be better if you're not here. Don't ever yep. think. Don't ever think that it's too bad that you can't come back from. Don't Absolutely. ever think because some so many people think that and they feel that and they get to that point. And they don't have access to something that would help them, or they don't mm -hmm. find the positive. That's yeah. the sad part. Like a lot of it, you know, this drives me nuts. Is like, you know, you go to a funeral and there's a eulogy and there's there's people talking about this person and how wonderful they were. And I'm like, it pisses me off. I'm like, why didn't you say this stuff to this person when they were living? If you truly felt that they were such wonderful people and they were so caring and such a good mother. Why weren't you there telling that person? Why did you put it off every single day? Because it doesn't matter if you don't talk to somebody. Like, you can just be like, hey, I randomly thought of you today, and I just wanted to say hi. Or I just wanted to let you know that your makeup was on point today. Or I saw you post this one thing, you're doing good. You know, I, I kind of, like, got a weird feeling. Nobody wants to do that. They have this fear of, of not reaching out. And, like, they're too scared or something. And that's bullshit. Like, no. Tell the people 
anything you want. Stop strangers. Tell them they look pretty. Tell them their outfit is fucking bomb. Like, do whatever you can. Because that's going to stop a lot of the bullshit that's going on is if we just open our mouths and said more good. Not when they're laying in a casket and can't even hear you anymore. Yeah, that's that's like when a, when a celebrity dies and then everybody who has one picture of them from 30 years ago posts that one picture and... You know, nobody cared about this person for the last 10 years, but they're gone and everybody's posting about them or, or someone goes and everybody posts about them. Give people their flowers while they're here. Yep, absolutely. Give people their fucking flowers while they're here. Because if not, you're going to, you know, it makes, it doesn't matter if they're not here to get it. Mm -hmm. You can say as many nice things as you want about somebody when they're gone. It doesn't fucking matter because if they were here... <laughs> Do it while they're here. You might have saved their life. Exactly. Because, I mean, like, you can live your life thinking that nobody even thinks about you. You know, like, I go every day thinking, like, no one has thought about me. And then, like, I get a random message of, like, hey, you came up in conversation today about this. And I'm like, people talk about me, like, when I'm not around. That's crazy, you know? And I think that's so important to talk about that stuff because people are being talked about. And, it, and it's about their... They're great quality. So why are we not telling these people to their face, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. So you got to, you, you, you have to give people, give people their fucking flowers while they're here. I love that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't wait until they go. You got to do it now. Yep. Because when they're gone, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what people are going through. Somebody could be sitting there and they're right at the edge right now about to do the thing that they shouldn't do. And if you just reach out and say, hey, man, I love you. Or, or man, I was thinking about you today. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that instead of reaching for this, they reach for the phone and respond. Yep. You know, or they answer the phone call or something. Give people their fucking flowers. Yeah, and I mean, we with, uh, so much death recently, just personally, you know, like, people that have just unexpectedly died, you know, and they were young and, you know, it was due to a health issue they didn't know they had, or like even our dog, Jake, like he wasn't an old dog and he just dropped dead, you know, and that shit is real. Like that is happening. Like say your stuff now because they might not be here tomorrow. And even if, even if you didn't know they were going to die, you now have to live with that guilt of not fucking saying anything for the rest of your life. And that's yeah. a terrible can have over your head for the rest of your life so make your peace now and then you never have to worry about anything you never have to be like i wish this i wish i could have done that i wish i said more you know you won't have to worry about any of that if you just make yourself vulnerable and talk about it now if they laugh at you because you say that well you, they don't need to be in your life anyway you exactly. know you need to say because people are going to weed themselves out anyway you're going to get your true fucking uh tribe anyway that's backing you up Right, right, definitely. And and another thing, let go of the stick. If I tell, if I tell another man, "Hey, man, I love you," it ain't nothing weird about it. I'm saying it for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. we like as we said, positivity and and kindness and spreading love. We got to spread more love because yep. if not, you know, like that that small little those three words could stop something else from happening. Absolutely. It can change somebody's entire life. Hmm. You know, you could think that you're worthless. Hey, man, I love you. Now, 
three years from that, from then, you got a business and you're, you're feeding your family and you're working for yourself. You know, yeah. just because somebody felt the need to tell you, hey, man, yeah. I love you. And that, I, I've dealt with suicide twice. One I was witness to, um, and it was gruesome. And the other one, um, I spoke to the gentleman earlier in that day for hours in person, and he still did it. And I had to watch the aftermath from both these times of all the people that were hurting because, well, number one, one of them was at the boys' home I ran. It was a father that killed himself. And I was the one that had to take care of this little boy because he was in my facility. And I had to watch that little boy go through hell and couldn't even have his family to hold him. I was the one holding him. And what, what could this gentleman have heard that could have saved his life. You know what I mean? Like I held guilt because I'm like, man, what could I have said more? But ultimately that wasn't my responsibility. Um, he great things for me. I had nothing bad to say to him. I made peace with that, you know, but how many people could have said more to this gentleman to make him realize that he really was worth it, you know? And just like the one that I had to witness, I, you know, I watched the aftermath of that and it was so sad. And people just don't realize that they truly do mean something to people. It's just we're not telling them like they need to hear it. Mental health is, is huge, and we have to take we have to take it seriously. Uh, mm -hmm. We can't just keep pushing people off and oh, they're crazy. You know, granted, some people are crazy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are bad shit crazy, but you oh, got man. to, you got to. Everybody ain't crazy like that, you know. You got, you got to, you got to take it as a some, you know. Some people they really need some help, you know. They might not know it, but they 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 might need they need some help, yep. you know. And mental health has to be taken seriously in in the world, you know. I just hope that we can get there. We will, and it's because of people like me and people like you that keep spreading the word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> doing our best. <laughs> I'll put it on my back and carry as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so normally at this point, I would ask what's next for the company. But mm -hmm. this has been more of a conversation about you. So What's next for Sin Cobra? What is next for me? Um, I don't really know, but I'm excited about it. You know, I've learned to uh, not put expectations anywhere um, because life has taught me that you just don't know where you're going to go. Um, but if you're a good human, it always goes in the right direction. Even if it's not the direction you think you need, uh, you find out that you really did need it. So whatever my future holds, I'm okay with because there's a reason for it, you know? Um, I can tell you what's in my future tomorrow, and that is having to go on the ocean uh, with the whale biologist and look for some humpback whales, and the water is freezing, so I'm actually not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's, let me ask you about that, this, this, saving the whales. Saving the whales. So talk talk to us about that a little bit. 
Yeah, so um, there's a whale biologist here. She's been here for a couple of years, um, and she's been studying the humpback whales um, because they're an endangered species. And there's a lot of things that people don't realize about our oceans that are pretty vital. Um, and one of the biggest things is just because you can't see the plastic floating on the water doesn't mean it's not there. Um, and I learned that there's actually a sublevel that the plastic sits on. Um, so with that, what she's trying to do is the humpback whales come from California and they migrate down to Nicaragua every year. So California, they spend their time eating. And then from November to April, they spend their time, um, mating and doing all that stuff. Well, what's going on is, um, even though they're eating in California, they are starting to eat down in Nicaragua and they can't figure out why, cause that's not a normal pattern. And on top of that, when a humpback whale opens their mouth, they're taking in an Olympic-sized pool of water. And wow. so they're actually also eating all that plastic. And um, the population of humpback whales has not gone up. So something is killing them. Um, and that is her role is to try to figure out what it is that is reducing the population. It's not, uh, like right now, I think they sit around 500 for this area. Um, it's, it hasn't decreased. There's not less than 500, but with the amount of calving going on, there should be way more than that, you know? So that's what we're doing right now is we're studying that. And I essentially, I go out and I help her um, try to spot the humpback whales and uh, do a lot of research. So we have to document a lot of things that go on. Um, like Friday and Saturday, I'll be on the water 11 hours each day. Um, trying to humpback whales. And it's pretty exhausting, but it's also rewarding. So Again, I just have it in my heart to like help. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, she saw that I had uh, a larger following. And uh, so she wanted to meet up with us to see if there was any way to get the word out there um, about this because it is such a serious matter. And I was like, heck yeah, you know, like, let me know like how I can help. And uh, so, yeah, whenever I'm not doing the 50 million other things I'm doing, I'm out there on the water helping a whale biologist. <laughs> As if I don't have enough on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on adding. <laughs> I know. A Thanksgiving plate full of worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on adding on stuff. Adding on, adding on. Yep. And, and the dogs and, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to stop either because my heart's too big. And Josh, I know it rolls his eyes every time. I'm like, ooh, but then we can like help this dog too. And he's like, Cynthia. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he calls you Cynthia, you know you're serious. <laughs> Cynthia, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> but this, this has been truly amazing, eye-opening, and great. Um, I really do appreciate you accepting my invitation to be on the show. Um, yeah, you you dropped millions of gems, uh, and and I'm sure everybody watching here and everybody who's gonna watch it later is is definitely gonna gonna learn some things and feel some things and uh, start giving people their fucking flowers while they're here. I hope so. If anything comes out of this episode tonight, I hope it's that. I hope it's the realization of how important that is. All cigars aside, I hope they walk away with. It. Yeah. Uh, we did a little bit of talking about cigars, but the most important thing was <laughs> the most important thing took up the bulk. So, uh, and that's I'm I'm fine with that. That's great. That's what this is here for. Um, so, uh, 
I want to say thank you again. Uh, this has been amazing. Thank you all for spending some time with us and uh, have a great night. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Have a good night. Good night.